thing about me is when I was growing up, I was like this very weakly, sickly, scrawny kind of kid, right? And given, I mean, I know this is probably quite common in a lot of schools now anyway, but the environment that I grew up in, there was a lot of bullying, there was a lot of trouble at school, all that kind of stuff. And I was somebody that I couldn't really put up with the bullying. Like I wasn't able to put up a fight against the bullying that used to happen to me. First of all, I was just really weak as a kid. I wasn't particularly strong. And secondly, I just had a very poor coordination. So even if there was a situation in which, you know, some, some kid was pushing me or shoving me, or it came into a confrontation, I didn't feel like that even if uh, somehow I could overcome the strength issue, I didn't feel like I had the coordination to be able to to move as fast or as smartly um, as the other person. And when I was a little bit older, um, I also got diagnosed with, um, I think they call it proprioception or misproprioception. Is basically not being aware of where your limbs are in space. So most people, like if they close their eyes, they kind of know where their hands are. So like they, they can kind of do things and they kind of know where their limbs are. Now, I'm okay with this now, but for the majority of my life, I didn't really know where my limbs were in space. I know that sounds really odd, but I was very unaware of what's going on with my body. It's like there was like a disconnect between my brain and the rest of my body. It was like, wasn't like a really good two-way communication channel, if you want to call it that. It's like it was really poor communication, okay? So I didn't really have um, a lot of confidence that like if I if I did, you know, deal with a, a difficult situation in that in that regard or a confrontation, I didn't feel like I, I was going to be able to handle myself. The, the doctors, had already, you know, they diagnosed me with um, risk proprio perception. And, and also just growing up, I was constantly called, you know, clumsy. My grandma was always saying, I mean, she used to say it as a term of endemon, but she was always saying, you know, you're really clumsy. You know, I, I just I didn't have good grip. I just didn't have good command over things, right? It was just really poor. I just didn't have a good command over my body. So when I got older, when I got into my early 20s, the first thing I did, which everybody in their early 20s does, especially if you're a guy, is you go to the, you join the gym. So I did that for quite a while. Now, the gym was good in the sense that I did get stronger. I got bigger. You know, you, you build biceps. You didn't really build any abs, but you build biceps. Your legs get stronger. You, you feel, you know, you can lift more things. But something was still missing. I still didn't actually feel confident in my body, even though I'd gotten bigger and stuff. Um, you know, and I could lift more weight. You know, I could help my dad around the house, you know, lifting stuff around the house, moving a sofa or whatever, or moving a fridge or whatever. I did get better at that. But it, 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 there was still something missing where my body was concerned. I still wasn't confident. I still couldn't... I didn't feel like I had command over my body even then. And then the other problem with the gym was... Uh, first of all, I had a huge amount of social anxiety at that time. I don't have it now, but I had a huge amount at that point. So just going into a gym and going into that kind of environment was difficult anyway. But it also just felt really unnatural, just like, you know, using the machines. The movements felt very unnatural. The environment felt quite synthetic. It didn't matter what gym I joined. The whole process quite felt quite synthetic. And then eventually um, I started developing a lot of pains, back aches and shoulder aches and all this kind of stuff. And I got some injuries and then I just thought, okay, this, this thing isn't for me. I took up boxing for a while. Boxing was pretty good. It kind of just wakes you up and it stimulates you. It's very satisfying for a guy. And that was good. But again, I started developing pains in my back and stuff. And it still didn't do anything for the coordination and the movement. And then over the years, I tried a whole host of other things as well. I tried football. I tried Thai boxing. I tried various martial arts. And then eventually, I kind of just gave up. Nothing really was working for me. And then after I watched, uh, and there was a little bit of a craze, um, after I watched this movie, Ip Man, 
right, which was about the mentor of Bruce Lee. It's an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, number one is just fantastic. And it actually goes to show like what the Chinese culture is 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 really like, what they're kind of trying to trying to live up to is a lot of kind of humanity and empathy, but also courage and determination. I, I really like that. It really changed my view. I think I, I would say it was like one of the first insights in, into Chinese culture. It really started planting those seeds. But anyway, I um, really enjoyed that movie. So naturally what I did was, because that movie is all about Wing Chun, I took up Wing Chun. Now, luckily, I managed to find a local place at the time where I was living in London. There was uh, what they call a, a, a Sifu, uh, these are like known as uh, masters. And uh, there was somebody that was teaching Wing Chun locally. So I went down and there were a bunch of guys that were there. I can't remember how many guys that were there. I think it was eight or ten guys. And they'd been training for four or five months over there. So they, they teach you a series of moves. It's a bit like a kata. You have to learn uh, certain moves. You have to memorize them. So you like you do this move and then you move your hand this way and then you do this and then you move it this way. And then it's like a series of moves that you have to do and you have to do it with a partner. So I'm doing these moves and I remember going each week, committed down for like a membership and stuff. And I was going each week and I was doing a few moves and stuff. And I'd actually tried Tai Chi as well before this, uh, a few years before. And, and they give you a series of moves to do as well. But you do that on your own. But I just wasn't I wasn't really getting anything out of it. It wasn't really doing anything for me, but I was doing it anyway. Uh, about two or three weeks in, the Sifu actually made an announcement to the group. And uh, it, was, it was a Muslim guy. And he said, look, Brother Khurram is going to advance a lot quicker than the rest of you. He's naturally made for this kind of stuff. And he's got something inside of him. And he's, gonna, he's going to advance a lot more than the rest of you. And that, this whole conversation, I mean, I, I was just kind of this, like this quiet guy. I was just in the corner, just doing my thing. I wasn't really imposing myself. So to be kind of spoken about uh, in front of everybody else was was a bit of a surprise to me. And he said, look, this brother, um, he's going to advance a lot faster than the rest of you. And I hadn't really thought about this. I wasn't even paying any consideration to it. But I, in him saying this, I realized what had happened was I had learned those moves much quicker than the rest of those guys. Those guys had been there six months and I'd picked those moves up in, in uh, I think it must have been like four or five weeks. And I was apparently... I was doing them better than they were and I was I was advancing a lot quicker than they were. But that didn't go down very well with the rest of those guys. I noticed as we were, you know, you're supposed to spar together and then they kind of do moves towards you and they move their hands and things towards you. And I noticed they were trying to hurt me. They were trying to injure me. I think it was really bothering them. But I wasn't really there to show anybody up or give anybody a hard time, but this was happening. But again, it was one of those things. I wasn't really getting anything out of it. I was just going each week. And I was going through the motions, but I didn't feel like it was doing anything for me. It wasn't increasing in my confidence. It wasn't doing anything for my stamina or my endurance. It wasn't doing anything for my strength. It wasn't really doing anything for me. And uh, and then also, obviously, I had this um, aggro to deal with as well. So I just didn't like the environment. So I just I basically just gave up and um, and I left it at that. And then fast forward to uh, late 2020, and I had a Hakim. He was my acupuncturist and, and we developed a good friendship, good rapport. So he used to let me message him every now and again on, on WhatsApp and stuff. And I was having this conversation with him and I'd seen a series of videos on YouTube uh, about this concept of chi. Actually, there was one particular video that I'd seen about some guy who was from Borneo, I think, or Bhutan. I can't remember exactly where. But this guy, apparently, he was able to heal people. Like you just lay them on a bed and then he would he would like... 
bring in some chi, which is like this kind of electrical energy, this kind of life force, magnetic force, and then he would kind of touch them with his two fingers and they would get an electric shock and then they would be healed. I just found that whole documentary really fascinating. Somebody then said to me later that it's, that stuff's probably made up. This guy was talking about how he was meditating every day and he was building all of this chi energy up and then, uh, you know, his dream transfer of this energy and then he was, he was healing. So anyway, I still found it really interesting, right? And I watched that video and then I spoke to my team. I said, look, is there something that you can recommend that I can do while I'm at home that can kind of just build up this chi energy? I didn't even understand what chi was at this point, but I just wanted something that I can do at home. And he said, look, these guys have been talking about how if you get into qigong or if you if you understand the concept of chi, you can like heal things inside your body. And then, you know, the electric energy energy improves in your body. You can start to heal and stuff. So he recommended a form of uh, Qigong to me, which at that time, he, what he, he recommended to me was Diane Qigong. And then I, I took that up and literally all it was, uh, it was, this whole thing was on YouTube. This is what I love about Qigong. So a lot of Qigong videos are available on YouTube. Some of them are even available by the, Qigong the Chinese Qigong Association themselves. So they're official videos. So you haven't got to hire somebody like a personal trainer to teach you how to do Qigong. You don't have to pay, sign up for a membership or join a club or whatever. You can just literally switch your TV on, switch YouTube on, put these videos on and then just start following the moves. So that's what I did. And interestingly enough, I found a video of this old man doing this particular form of Qigong. So Qigong's got lots of different forms, lots of different types. Like the way that yoga has, you know, there's like Asani yoga and there's different forms. So I was following this particular form. And the guy is an old man and he's just doing it in like a public space, like outside some shops or something, right? Just like a, I don't even know if it's like a park, but somewhere in China. And he's just doing this moves and he looks old. He must be like 70 or 80 years old. I then discovered he's the son of the lady who was granddaughter of the guy that invented this form of Qigong a few hundred years ago. And Dian Qigong basically means wild goose Qigong. So it, it, this person, the original inventor of this form of Qigong was basically, uh, he basically followed the, the movements of the wild goose. So like the way it moves its wings and the way it kind of moves its feet and that kind of stuff. And so he mimicked those and he, he basically felt like what this, what this wild goose is doing, what the animals basically do, they all have these rituals. They're talking about like how animals actually understand electromagnetic energy and they have rituals the very basic rituals like stretches and things like that that they do that brings the energy back in so like when a deer is is hurt by a tiger for example or a lion but it manages to get away it basically shakes that trauma off it does certain things with its body and then it does other certain movements that bring electrical energy back into the body because the life force for the, for that body is actually electrical in nature right this is what's actually known as chi it's like this electrical energy so i'm not talking about the spirit i'm not talking about the root i'm just talking about like this thing that governs the movement the signals in the body but also the 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 flow of energy in the body it's electrical in nature which the chinese call chi which is pronounced uh, which is spelled qi in english right but it's pronounced chi so that's why it's called qigong and not qigong and qigong basically means the cultivation of energy Right, so cultivation of qi, the gong a part of that word basically means to, to cultivate. And then qigong means to cultivate energy, so to cultivate this energy flow. So I'd started understanding a little bit of this, uh, and I'm watching this video, and this, this person who's the great, great grandson of the inventor of this form of qigong is just doing like these basic moves, 
right? And you can just follow this in a living room. Or you can just follow this thing on YouTube. So I'm following it and there's some music running in the background. I think that whole process must have taken me about 12 minutes. And immediately I felt calmer. I felt energized, but I also felt like my, my, my back was a little bit better. And that feeling stayed with me for the rest of the day. And then in the evening, um, I had some weird pulsations going on in my, um, in my abdomen. And I knew like the, the, there's, there's some sort of energy uh, unblocking taking place. So the Chinese talk a lot about things like meridians, right? So meridians are like pathways. They're like rivers, basically, uh, along your body, rivers of electrical energy. And so you have different meridians on your body. Um, and then they re relate to different organs. So you can have, uh, for example, the longest meridian in the body is actually the bladder meridian. A, the bladder meridian like runs all the way over the head, down into the eye, and then it comes down uh, around the back of your leg and stuff. And that, all of that is basically uh, linked uh, to the bladder. Then you have the liver meridian, which comes up to this eye, and then you have another meridian. And these are pathways along the body. And what that basically means is like, you can basically, for say for example, the liver meridian comes up to here. I think that large intestine meridian. You can basically tap this with your finger, for example, right? And you can affect the liver in this way because the, the energy flow is coming all the way up to here. So that's why acupuncture is really good because you can kind of press, you can puncture certain parts of the body along that particular meridian, along, along that pathway, along that river, and then it can unblock the flow of energy and then you can then heal from that. So Qigong is a part of this. Qigong is certain movements that you do that can um, bring more qi into the body. But the acupuncture basically just unblocks certain pathways to, to allow the energy to flow. And then from there, the, that particular organ can heal. The liver can heal or the bladder can heal or the kidney can heal and so on and so on. So I was starting to understand a little bit of this, right, by watching this person. And so I knew that this, this pulsation this pulsating that was taking place, I knew, oh, this is an unblocking of the meridian, which was really great. So I then wanted to do more of that, basically, right? This particular form of, uh, of Dian Qigong is, is a set of 64 moves. 64 moves being you move your hand this way, then move it this way, then do this, then do that. So it's a series of steps that you do. So I actually ended up memorizing that, ended up doing it in the garden. Thankfully, where I'm living at the moment, I've got a nice big garden. And I know in this country, the weather's not great, so that doesn't help. But I was able to do it in the garden. And every day that I was doing it, I was feeling, every time I, I would finish, I would feel nice and calm. Yeah, just feel a little bit more energized. And, and I noticed my back getting better and, you know, my, uh, my flexibility improving and just having a little bit more stamina. So then I got fascinated. And then I started watching videos and, and learning all about what Qi actually is, right? And then realizing and discovering there's different forms of Qigong there's different types and then i got really interested in something called zhang zhuang which is where you just you, you literally just stand in one place you stand perfectly still so one of the key concepts in qigong is that if you the the more still that you are the the less movement that you have the more energy flows into your body so i'm not talking about sleeping now i'm just talking about being as still as you can so if you're still like this the more still that you can be the more calmer that you can be the more it allows energy to flow in and the more kind of chaotic that you are, the more kind of movement that you have, the more chi you're actually depleting. Yes, that builds muscles and things. It can build stamina, but you're actually depleting more chi. Now, the Chinese believe that the key to longevity is more chi, is more energy into your body. Whereas what the West believes is that more kind of cardio fitness that you have, the more movement that you have, the more these things kind of you do, the more kind of breath work that you have, the longer that you will live. 
And in my personal experience now, this is purely anecdotal, it's observational, but also it is somewhat based in uh, my now understanding of qi. I'm starting to believe the, the Chinese version of this a lot more. I'm starting to believe that the more you preserve your qi, the longer you're going to live and the healthier that you're going to be. And the more you deplete it, the the worse worse off you're going to be and and you know we 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 are seeing this you keep i keep hearing these stories about you know 40 year old guy outwardly very healthy got big muscles you know he's at the gym four times a week eats very healthy and uh, you know he's passed away i know these things are purely anecdotal at the moment but the chinese have a way of explaining that they say like you know if you exert yourself so much like this thing of like if you just go if you go running every single day go for a fast run after a run, you feel pretty great. So people say, okay, that must be really good for your health. That's what the West believes. But the Chinese believe the more laboriously that you breathe, the more you are depleting your qi. And that's actually decreasing your lifespan, right? And this might explain why we get a lot of people who seem outwardly very healthy. They've got the biceps and the abs and they're doing all of the conventional uh, things that you're supposed to do to, to, to be healthy and they seem healthy. But yet they they have health they end up having health issues and, and they have they, they don't live that long. Whereas you see old men in China they live to like ninety and hundred, and in fact uh, the 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 guy who actually mentored Bruce Lee he even talks about it that the secret to his health his longevity because he lived to like ninety two or ninety six or something he said it was just um, qigong because it's bringing more energy into the body. And in my personal experience, just on an intuitive level, I'm starting to feel that way now as well. The more qigong that I've been doing the more I feel like this is what's giving me longevity. This is what's increasing my lifespan. So that's basically why I took Qigong up. And um, I then ended up learning Tai Chi Yang Sheng, which is done with a stick. So Tai Chi, I think, is basically Tai Chi, but it's Tai Chi with a stick. Now, my, my personal understanding is that uh, Tai Chi is a subset of Qigong. It's a form of Qigong. Some people believe Tai Chi and Qigong are different things. And I don't know what the actual truth on that is, but my personal belief is that Tai Chi, tai Chi is a subset of Qigong. It's just another form of energy cultivation. But this form is done with a stick. So you, you, you do movement. You get like this wooden stick. And, you know, it, it, it's believed that the, the stick has a certain polarity. I think the stick is supposed to be positive. The, the body is supposed to be negative in terms of like electrical polarity. Right? Yin and Yang. So Yin is like positive and Yin is, yin is uh, negative. So masculine and feminine. And then, you know, and then you do these movements and it basically works on the electromagnetic uh, field around you, like this biofield that's around you, right? And then, uh, thankfully, I had a, a lady from Pennsylvania in the US. Uh, she kind of guided me as well. She helped me and then she showed me some of her research and she showed me how this thing works. And that thing, when I took that up, I, I, when I first started doing those uh, moves, now, Taiji Yangshang, it's a series of um, eight moves altogether. I don't know if you would call it eight steps or eight moves, but it's a series of eight moves. And they take a while to learn. Um, so I would practice one move and then do it for two or three days. So the first move is literally just do this up and down with a stick. And the second move is like, you know, you got to move the stick like this and then you got to move the stick like this. So it's a series of moves, right? And I, I literally was just following YouTube videos, right? So I learned how to do that. Now, the first day when I did this, I did feel a lot calmer. But here's where it gets interesting. When I learned the second move, um, I don't know why, I just found myself crying. For, I was just doing the move and I just broke down in tears and I started crying for no reason. I couldn't explain it. It was so weird. I was in the garden. I was just having tears coming up. And I was remembering Allah and I just, I don't know what was going on. It was just, it was just bizarre. But 
I, I remember having like all this electrical energy just kind of flow down my arms here and down here. And I just, I just felt very strong and just very able. But the experience was bizarre. Anyway, and then I got onto the third move. Uh, I spent a few days learning the second move. And then I got onto the third move. When I was learning this, this just happened to be when we had the height of the heat um, uh, in the UK. Like we were having a you know, 35 degree heat, spoiling hot. You know, everybody had the windows open. Everybody was complaining about the heat. And I did this, uh, I practiced this move one night. Then I did it the second night. And the third day, I remember that night even, I remember just, I put on a, I put on a shirt which was a little bit cold. And I remember just feeling really, really cold. And the next morning I woke up and outside it was like 32, 33, 34 degrees heat. It was absolutely boiling. Everybody was sweating. Everybody, you know, the ACs were on everything. But, and outwardly I was sweating. My skin was sweating and everything. And I could feel that there's heat on my body outwardly. Inwardly, I was as cold. I was colder than a fridge. I was so cold and I was just freezing. And I remember going into, um, I went and sat in my car my car was sat in the sun, right? And it was black. And that car was like a complete sauna. It was dangerous levels of heat in there. Like it was so hot in that car that the the doors had started to melt uh, on my car. Like the door, you know, the, the door handle to open the, the, the door, uh, they actually started to melt. It was that hot. And I'm sat in there and I'm sweating outwardly profusely, right? A sauna environment. And inwardly, I was still freezing, freezing cold. And I just knew some some unblocking, some sort of change had taken place inside of my body. And I knew it was as a result of the Qigong. At, the, at that time, I was a bit worried. I thought maybe I'd got COVID or something. But then I realized it was it was as a result of the Qigong. And I, and I remember speaking to this lady and she was so excited for me. She goes, oh, you, this, this lady from Pennsylvania, she, she taught me some of these moves. And she said, oh, you're getting an upgrade. I thought, I don't understand what that means. Basically, what she meant was that your, your body is going through an upgrade, like your, you know, the unblocking is taking place, like a firmware update, basically. You know, she said that you're, you're, you're going through an upgrade, and, and it was true. The next day, I felt much better, and I, I don't feel as cold, you know, a little bit of cold. It always used to bother me, but I, but I feel a lot better now. So I then learned the fourth move. After I did the fourth move, I got a fever, right? That lasted about a day or so, and again, I realized it was because of the Qigong, and then six moves something else seven moves something else and then and then i'd learned all eight i'd learned all eight moves and then when i'd learned all eight moves that i think that took me about two or three weeks to learn because you have to memorize them and i had to do them in the garden i did that and then i started doing it and i swear within within a couple of weeks i felt like a completely different person um i suddenly had more grip in my hands i felt a lot more confident about myself my back pains had gone my shoulder pains had gone i had more stamina I was just emotionally a lot calmer. I had less just general anxiety and stuff. And and I just started really enjoying doing it. So that I ended up actually doing all three of them. I ended up uh, every day I had a routine, which was about 45 minutes. So I would do uh, Dayan Qigong. I would do Taiji Yangsheng. I would do Zhang Zhuang as well. I would do some breathing. And it just felt amazing every day. And I, I, I could actually feel my uh, body kind of upgrading and improving. And so I actually wasn't doing it every day. I was doing it about three times a week and it was making a huge difference. I had more stamina, I had more endurance. And I just completely gave up on this, the, the lifestyle of Western kind of approach to exercise and health, which is bodybuilding and weight training and running. And I just gave all of that up. I do still do a lot of walking, but I do gentle walking. I don't do this kind of heavy, heavy breathing stuff or heavy lifting stuff, but I got stronger. Uh, just by doing the Qigong and I ended up watching a video where they talk about the discoverer of Qigong and he there's there's some diagrams that the Chinese had discovered 
where the bodybuilding techniques that he'd come up with were basically just to use a stick and do certain movements with a stick and bring more electrical energy into the body and then and build physical strength that way rather than rather than actual weightlifting. The stick just hardly weighs anything. It doesn't even weigh a kilo. It probably weighs like a couple hundred grams. And I've actually lived that experience. I, I found myself getting stronger just from just doing certain movements with a stick. And they're not heavy movements. They're very light movements. And then just, you know, breathing in very slowly, breathing in, breathing out very slowly. And that did wonders for me. And since then, I would say that I've had a lot more body intelligence to the point now where I've noticed my proprioception has improved and where my limbs are in space. I'm less clumsy. I'm uh, just more confident about myself. I'm standing more upright and I've got more of a presence. And a lot of people around me noticed it. Um, you know, I would walk into a gathering and people would say, you, you look more filled out. You look like you, you look stronger. You look more sturdier all that kind of stuff and a major part of that uh, definitely was the qigong definitely a lot of that was also acupuncture a lot of that was also chinese herbs as well just working on a certain type of energy in my body and things working on certain things but a large part of that also was the qigong and and when i showed some of my friends as well they noticed the same thing that they would do a little bit of it and they would feel calmer and they would feel energized as well at the same time and uh, just just they would just feel better in themselves but they didn't continue the practice. I, I continued the practice for a long time. The only problem is the weather in this country is really annoying. Qigong is really best done outside. It's best done near a tree. It's best done where you've got you know fresh air. Indoors, it can be done. It's not that it can't. But especially like when you're doing it with a stick and these movements do require quite a bit of space around you. And with the way that British homes are made, you know, especially if you're doing it with a stick, you're, you're either going to end up breaking the TV, you're going to end up smashing it inadvertently, or you're going to smash a light bulb. So it's just not that convenient indoors. Um, if you've got a large house and you've got the space, then it's worth it. But um, outdoors, it's great. But the weather, unfortunately, just isn't conducive to Qigong. But I've constantly found, like, if I've had something where I've had a viral infection or whatever, and it's taken me down, or there's been some stress, you just do a little bit of Qigong and it brings you right back up immediately. It just brings your energy levels right back up. So it's very good for recovery. Or if you are having, you know, medicinal work done, healing work done, like acupuncture, something like that, I find it, it amplifies it. It like it accelerates uh, its ability to help you get over those health issues and things. So I, Qigong for me, honestly, has just been life changing. I really loved it. I've really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's free and you can just follow uh, the forms online and you can actually read and learn about them, uh, about what the different forms are for. So Dian Qigong is for the kidneys. Taiji Yangsheng is for like all the meridians. But you can get different forms that are for different organs or for different health issues or for different things going on with your body. But I love Taiji Yangsheng. I love that. I've actually created a playlist on YouTube of all the things that actually talk, talk about Qi and about Qigong so you can actually understand it. They're quite long videos, but they're worth watching to actually understand the concept of Qi. If you have any questions about the content or the subject matter, the things that I've discussed in this video, then please sign up to my Discord. The link is in the description below. It's a small app that you can use, very similar to how chat groups used to work before. You can be anywhere in the world and sign up for it. All you have to do is, is sign up via Patreon, which will then give you access to the Discord app. It is a like-minded community of other people that are talking about the same things, but we can just speak openly to each other. You might have some questions of your own, or you might have some insight of your own. Come and talk to me, come and talk to others. We can share ideas with each other and we, and we can grow as a community.